Welcome to Map the Maze. I wanted to share the ideas and thoughts in the podcast that you're about to listen to with a wider audience. But please know that nothing in this podcast is intended to be legal, financial, or mental health advice. It is really important that you seek independent, professional advice to help you with your situation and your circumstances. Knowledge is power. So let's get to it. Welcome back. This is episode two of Map the Maze. And the title is maybe something I could have done in episode one, which is what is the maze? As I explained in the last episode, a client was telling me how it felt for them to be about to start their mediation for their divorce, that it felt as if they were standing on the edge of a maze that they didn't want to go into. The words stuck with me, and they made me think about how people experience their separation and divorce. So as a mediator, I meet lots of people who have not experienced mediation or even heard of it. And for almost everybody that I work with, this is their first time in mediation. It's something that I never forget when I'm working with people, that for me, what I'm doing has an obvious purpose, there is a rationale, that there is a process that I am following. But I appreciate that for the people who come in to work with me, it can seem baffling and a bit mysterious. So nobody plans when they partner to sit down one day at a big table with a mediator and divide up their lives with a stranger. It's never the plan. So what is the maze? By the maze, I think of all of the systems, the processes, the data, the information, the advice, the decisions, the arrangements that are all factors in separation and divorce. And it can feel like a confusing and hostile mess. The consequences of separation and divorce for most people are unintended and often unanticipated. When people separate, they suddenly find that they have to make decisions about almost every aspect of their lives, from the most basic, where will they live? Do they need to move out? Will the other person move out? How will everyone's expenses be met? How will money be managed going forward? If there are children, how will their lives be managed? How will everybody see each other? Are parties getting a divorce if they're married? If they are getting a divorce, how is that going to happen? Is there a timeline? When should it happen? These decisions can be made deliberately and consciously, or they may be made in the heat of a crisis. Sometimes I see people who have had conversations, perhaps in counselling, and made a joint decision to separate Generally, they come in and want to have a conversation about how everything will work. They start at the beginning and we work through everything to come to some good arrangements for them. 
Other times, I'll meet people who are part of the way through that maze. Maybe there has been some crisis that's precipitated someone moving out. They've been to lawyers, and now people are facing potentially court documents to end their relationship. So for some people, when I meet them, they've had time to plan that they may have already decided to leave. For others, it will feel as if the ground has gone from under them, that I have sat in lots of rooms with lots of people who have been at both ends of that spectrum, the people who had made a plan and knew that they wanted to leave, sometimes for years, they just maybe hadn't mentioned it to the other person, and people who for whom this comes as a thunderbolt, that whatever signs the other person was giving, whatever indications they made, they were either oblivious to or didn't want to hear, and they feel as if everything has changed in an instant. Even for those people who plan, I would say, from what I see, little prepares them for the reality of leaving and for all of the consequences, particularly when there are children. So there are many ways into the maze. Often when I work with people, a first stop has been with a solicitor. That if things are going wrong, often people will have reached out for some help. They'll have mentioned it to a friend, and the friend will often say, go see a lawyer. At least find out what your rights are. For some people, I think that's definitely a good first stop. I do see people, however, who feel sometimes that they have got on a runaway train, that going to see a lawyer can inflame a situation sometimes, can put people um, into adversarial postures, and that before they realize things have happened, papers are filed with the court, and now everyone is in a defensive posture. Others may have been in couples counselling, and through that process, one party or both parties may have decided that reconciliation isn't possible. Sometimes I see people, and they really are in shock, that they there's been an event or a disclosure which has created a crisis, that they've found photos, there's messages, and now they realise that the other person has been having an affair, that there is another party, um, and it can come as a massive blow. And sometimes people come into mediation when really they are still trying to process the shock of what has happened. And even if you are the person that has initiated the separation, it can feel really disorienting that what occurs in the aftermath may not be what you expect, that the other person may not react in the way that you anticipate, and that that in itself can really feel confusing and distressing. So from my perspective, the maze provides systems that you can pass through in order to transition from being in a relationship or in a marriage to being separated and on the other side. So as with any system, there are many choices. Do you decide maybe to remain separated but to stay married, but maybe you put in place some ground rules about how things will be managed. 
Maybe you separate or divorce through mediation, or you use lawyers to negotiate a solution, or you use the court processes. Within each system, you can choose how you behave and whether you will try and find an amicable resolution or if you will have a more adversarial process. So while trying to navigate all of these issues, it's also normal that people are experiencing an incredibly high level of emotional and psychological turmoil. There's a lot of research that shows this is one of the most stressful events in life that you can experience. And I think a lot of that is because the person who was supposed to be there for trust, support, your future, is either going or has already gone. So many of the people I see are very deep in pain. There can be sadness or regret. There can also be a lot of shame for lost opportunities or behavior. There can even be regret about some of the actions that may have happened. There can be anger and bitterness. What can be even harder for people to understand is ambivalence around accepting that the separation is happening or ambivalence because you may still have concerns for the well-being of the person that is leaving or that you are leaving. So I remember talking to one client who just said, I can't understand why I'm still worried about whether they're okay, whether they're eating properly, whether they're getting enough sleep, whether where they're living is okay. They're leaving me. I shouldn't be worried about them. So there's a lot of emotional turmoil that people experience while they're going through the maze. And it's in this state of emotional and psychological turmoil that people are then asked to make decisions which will impact the rest of their lives. If there are children of the relationship, then they will also be exposed to all of the challenges of the transition. And for some parents, the fears that they have about the consequences for their children can seem paralyzing. That sometimes I see parents who, either because of their own experiences through their parents' divorce or from seeing other people divorce, are terrified that they will irreparably damage their own children through their separation. The other aspect is that instead of being able to make assumptions and have some certainty about how life will look, if there are children of the relationship, then those arrangements need to be put in place, that discussions need to be had about how children will be looked after, where they'll go to school, how they'll spend time with everybody, what happens in the holidays. There are suddenly thousands of decisions which before people could make assumptions about and which in the context of separation, people need to spell out. So the maze for me means that the most personal and intimate questions of your life are opened up for lawyers, for mediators, for counselors, and even judges. That the fabric of your life and your relationship and your children's lives 
is reduced to legal documents, forms, and affidavits. It can feel depersonalizing and intrusive. The choices and behavior of your life together may be examined in excruciating detail. So in mediation, we don't focus on the past and we don't focus on blame. That we try to help people move forward to future focus, to a time beyond the maze when they will be separate but they will still need to, if there are children, interact, or they may still have financial obligations to each other. And then as part of the experience of the maze, I think you need to layer in the people around you. So everyone has a tribe of friends and family, people behind you who will support you through the transition. That may be emotionally or financially, And your tribe will have opinions. They may not be the same. So there will be people in the tribe who will say, just settle. You want peace. Just get it done. Anything is better than having a dispute with the other person. There'll be other people who advise you to destroy the other person who will be more than happy to sit around and blame them for everything that's gone wrong. And will be advising you strongly to defend your position, to take what you can get. And you may even have people in your tribe who can see both sides of the situation, who can understand your perspective, and who may be able to appreciate that the other person may also have a perspective on what's happened. Those people are pretty rare. If you have anybody in your tribe who can help you to see both sides, a moderate, try and spend some time with them. So everybody that I see in mediation has talked to friends and family about what is going on. And sometimes they can be worried about what they will tell them after the mediation, that people don't want to let their tribe down or feel that they gave in too easily or that they didn't get enough or that they let the other person off the hook. Those are not really parts of the mediation maze. They're definitely parts of a court process. But in mediation, we're trying to achieve different goals. So given all of that background, it is of little surprise that people struggle to find their way through this transition, that it can be one of the most difficult experiences of their life, and that they may be trying to transition through this with children. So at a time when the parent's capacity is at its lowest, the children may also have the highest level of need. So that's what I think of as the maze. And my job as a family mediator is to work with people who have decided to use mediation as their process to transition through this maze. In another episode, I'll explain what that means and why mediation might be worth considering for your situation. Although I guess what I would say is that as a dispute resolution professional, we used to call everything that wasn't court alternative dispute resolution, i.e. everything that isn't going to court 
is an alternative to going to court. And now I think most dispute resolution professionals would say that what we try and encourage people to do is use appropriate dispute resolution, that mediation can help the overwhelming majority of families to transition through separation and divorce. And that's something I truly believe, that most people can do this for themselves. But there are definitely situations when it's not appropriate to use mediation, and we will talk more about that in a future episode. So thank you for listening, and I will say goodbye and take care.